if you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat, if you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck, or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket, and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. Plus side hustles. Side hustles. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you? This is a side hustle. <laughs> but we don't get paid for it. <laughs> You're right. We hustle. We hustle. We do. I did my notes today. Oh my gosh, me too. I spent the whole day writing my notes. I know, I you always do notes on the day of. I never do. I should have been working. And I was like feverishly writing. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of stuff. And I'm on, I got to finish this. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Good. I'm excited then for your content. It's, it's kind of long. It's like seven pages of me writing. Well, good, because I have like three pages. Oh. Um, how's your week? It was okay. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of what happened this week. I don't even know what happened. Oh, I turned Lucas on to X-Files. Ooh, that's exciting. I know. He, I made that's him. scary. No. Oh, don't let him watch the one with the guy that melts his body, like, goes through, like, the vents and stuff. That's the scariest episode. Is it? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember a lot of the episodes. Like, I watched it when I was his age. Oh, you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there and he, like, turns into slime and goes, like, oh. I was probably even weird. younger. Yeah. Because I think it started in 92 or something. I was watching it heavily when I was re-watching it heavily when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's why my son became known as Fox in utero. <laughs> and that's why it's his middle name and he still goes by Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never seen the end. I never I watched the I... new seasons. I never saw the end of the original and I haven't seen anything like new. I haven't seen the movie. I don't think I watched like the last season either. I, either I watched it, but it was like a half-ass watch. Yeah. Or I just didn't watch it. Yeah. I don't remember. But there's a lot of seasons. There's like 10 seasons. I know. That's why like I never got through it the first time and then I didn't get through it the second time either. I didn't realize there were so many seasons because I, I think I lost interest around like grade 9 or 10. Yeah. And I started watching it when I was 10. Yeah. And then when you catch up and you're binge watching it, like you lose interest too. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. but I've, I've got Lucas watching it. So he's pretty into it. He wants to watch the Terminator movie because he was asking me last night. He's like... Mommy, have you ever seen something called Terminator? I'm like, like the movie? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen Terminator yeah. 2 a lot more times. Cause, well, yeah, because there's no point in watching Terminator 1. Well, there really isn't. You don't have to. No. Terminator no. 2 is the best. No. So, because, yeah, the ki- one of the kids I used to babysit, he, would, it, he, like, loved it. And he would watch it all the time. And I would have to watch it with him. Yeah. So, between Terminator 2 and playing Goldeneye... I'm pretty well-versed in both of those things. Well, <laughs> look at you, b- mom. Thanks to mom. babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think he thought that we were going to watch it tonight. And I was like, no, like, Megan's coming over to record tonight. We're not watching it tonight. Oh, no, I feel bad. Don't feel bad. I'm he, so glad they were nice to me when I walked in. Don't feel bad because he knew that this was happening. He just got it in his head yesterday because I think yeah. he was talking to one of his friends that has seen it. Oh, well, he can so. watch it tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, I can't even think of what else happened this week. I don't know. Probably stuff. What about you? Same Z's. Yeah, you don't remember? No, like, not a lot. I was going to paint, and then I was like, I don't want to start something I'm not going to finish, so I didn't paint. Yeah. I organized a little. I don't know. You'd be usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, usually by this point in the week, I don't remember what happened at the beginning of the week. Spending a lot of time outside. Like, it's, That's good. the weather's finally nice, so. It's nice weather. Our neighbor kids are always playing when I get home from work and stuff. So we just go 
go hang out and mm-hmm. it's time to set up movies outside. Ooh. Exciting. I made Dunkaroo dip for our snack this evening. I know. It's so good. I want to, it's just like now it's just teasing me while we talk, but. Well, remember last, last time I ate a cookie and I yeah. said I was going to eat a cookie. You couldn't hear it. Okay, good. When I was editing. Okay, good. So I just, think I ate a cookie too. Yeah, you point, couldn't so. Okay. tell. So as long as you say, I'm eating some dip. Okay. Well, we've had pot. I listened to podcasts before where someone is eating or snacking yes. or drinking and you can hear it. And it's so cringy for me that I yeah. just like. You so couldn't good. hear it when I was editing. So good. you can try. Just give our listeners a warning that you're going to have some cookies. Okay. 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 All right. Like. If you warn somebody that you're going to use the word moist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I purposely use that word all the time. I love it. Just because? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. And this is? It happened to a friend of a friend. Yay! Okay. Am I going first? You are going first. Well, you told me. Yes, I think I'm going okay. first because I think you went first last time. Okay. My sources are delanierbartlett.medium.com. I think, I hope I said that right. I don't know. Murderpedia thefamouspeople.com, mlive.com, allthatsinteresting.com. Oh, I used all that's interesting too. Yeah? Yeah. No real Wikipedia this week. I think I'll say Wikipedia, but I don't, I didn't really use it that much, but I looked at it. It's really stupid. And I know somebody listening to this is going to be like, you're an idiot. But sometimes I use it like as a fact check. (laughs) (laughs) Not as a fact check, but like, you know, where like, you're like, I don't know. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah. So then you just kind of like doubles to double source. I You're guess. like, well, what does double Wikipedia source? say? I mean, w- Wikipedia isn't necessarily 100% accurate either. Well, who knows how 100% accurate these other oh. sources I have are. I know. I can't tell you. Like, I thought that – I know you have a long story. I'll get to the point. But I thought that podcasting would be, like, fun and interesting. It would be so easy to find and, like, do notes and stuff like that. And then you're like, wait – all these things say eight different things, and you're like, I'm not doing this fucking story. Anymore. You know how I fix that? I just, I say the thing I want to say, and then I say, and other sources will also say. <laughs> yeah, me too somewhere. Sometimes. <laughs> That's how I fix that problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot when you're trying to, like, form a story, and then there's, like, three versions, and you're like, oh, okay, this version. It's fine. Okay, go for it. It's You know what? If people want to come at us for whatever... Come at us. Okay. You start. Care. I'm going to eat a cookie. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm going to dunk a roux. You're going to, ooh, dunk a roux. Okay. When you think of the ideal American family, what usually comes to mind? I thought cookie memo. That's okay. I'll continue because I wrote it down. Maybe the Cleavers, the Huxtables, or the Foremans from that 70s show. <gasps> it's coming back. Yes, I know. Okay, with original cast members, except for the one that was a pedophile. Because he's in jail. Yes. So he is not coming back. But they keep showing his picture on all, like, the past cast photos. Mm. Like, he's in all of it. Like, I don't understand this. Anyway. Is he in the middle so they can't airbrush him out? (laughs) I don't think so. I think sometimes he's at the end. Anyway. So usually it consists of two parents, a few kids, some life lessons that get taught in 30 minutes, and at least one parent with a good career. We also sometimes picture a happy, smiling group in full technicolor, but not the distorted negative color version you know, the image where, like, it's the happy family until they weren't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? That, that I have kind a feeling of the story is heading there. It, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> Listen, I have to take you on a journey. Okay. <laughs> I can't just start. I have to start with a journey. All right, my bags are packed. Okay. Bags are packed. You're ready to go? Yeah. <laughs> you're li- I'm not leaving on a jet plane. I was going to say we're not leaving on a jet plane. Wow. We are so t- the same person. Oh, my goodness. 
Okay. Well, this is a story of just such a family. On the surface, they may have seemed somewhat quote unquote all American and normal, but really all was not well, at least with the father. Ooh, family yeah. annihilator. We'll see. <laughs> I don't, know. don't give it away. <laughs> I don't know what you're telling your story is. <laughs> okay, let's start at the very beginning. A very, very good, good place to start. start. Yes. I don't know what that song was. You, that wasn't even the song. I, I was you trying to a, go in a different artistic direction. You made up your own tune. Anyway, on September 17th, 1925, John and Alma List welcomed their only son, John List, so I guess he was junior, into the world. The family was very religious. John Sr. was a devout Lutheran who taught Sunday school. And John Jr., and P.S., from this point on, when I say John, I will be referring to John Jr., Jr. our main character of the story, not his father. Cool. So just so we're on the same page. Yeah. Anyway, John's childhood was pretty average. His mother was overprotective, and his father loved the religion stuff. John himself was a loner with very few friends at school. There were no signs of any psychological troubles or issues at this point. After high school, John joined the army during World War II, where he worked as a lab technician. After the war, he went back to the school where he studied business administration at the University of Michigan, later going for a master's degree in accounting. During the Korean War, he was stationed at Fort Utis. I think I said that right. I don't know. I'm not sure. In, I have no point of reference for you. If we ever had merch, <laughs> I think one of our merch things would say, I think I said that right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Fort Utis in Virginia, if anyone wants to make us merch, shout out to anyone who wants to make mugs or t-shirts. You're like the craftiest person I know, so I don't no, know. No, someone else has to do it. Other people. Oh, yeah, are- I started pottery. I should have put our shit on like a really <gasps> terrible mug that you can't drink out of because it has a hole in it, but that's for next time. Anyway. Um, So while he was at Fort Utis in Virginia, he met his wife, Helen. Helen was a widow with a daughter of her own. I forget what her daughter's name was. I should have written. Anyway, it's not important because she's not really part of the story. Okay. Of her own. Her husband had died while fighting in Korea. After dating for a short time, Helen revealed to John that she was pregnant. Now, if he was as religious as he claims, wouldn't he have abstained from the sins of the flesh during their courtship? I feel like this is a common theme in I don't all know. religious people's I don't know. lives. I yes, exactly. So because because when he got this news, the devout Lutheran in him agreed to marry her. However, after the wedding, Helen was like, "Tricked you, not pregnant." Oh, <laughs> she was never really pregnant at that point. Okay. But again, what a peach. Yes. But again, because John was super religious, he did not believe in divorce, so they stayed married. Okay. But for John and Helen, real pregnancies eventually came along soon enough. And after four years of being married, they had three children by that point. So John and Helen moved around from Michigan to California, New York, and they finally settled in New Jersey. John was finding well-paying jobs, but because of his cold demeanor, he didn't last long. His quality of work was always spot on, but his co-workers just couldn't get along with him. There was something off about him that his co-workers didn't like. So he wasn't a pillar of the community. Well, not really. It was more his, like I said, his demeanor. So he's not a serial killer because he's not the pillar of the community. Right. 
They did go to Sunday school and church and stuff. So I know, but they're always like, he was a great guy. No, and maybe no, not always. Nobody but, yeah. said that about him. They said he was an odd duck. Okay. Yeah. Eventually, the family settled in New Jersey when John was hired as vice president of a bank. Helen wanted to purchase a dream home. So rather than start a fight, John asked his mom for a loan so he could purchase a large 19-room mansion named Breeze Knoll. Holy shit. I know. You know a house is fancy when it has a name. What would your house be called? I don't know. I don't know. No. I'm putting you on the spot, so. I don't know. No. (laughs) That's like a big, I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. Okay. Um, John and his mom were always close. So in exchange for loaning him the money, John allowed his mother to move into a self-contained apartment on the third floor. So for now, things were just sort of picture perfect. The family went to church. The children were involved with school things. They had the expensive house and John had a good job, but things were not as it seemed. Dun, dun, dun. 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 I even wrote that. Dun, dun, dun. I just like, this is the first time I've ever noticed that you actually put your finger along while you're reading. Sometimes I do. I have a lot of words. That's really so. (laughs) Oh, really? When you make notes, you have a lot of words? Shocker. Well, I think also it's very messy. Like for whatever reason, I feel like these notes are all over the place more than normal. Anyway, John's lack of social skills were once again caught up with him and he lost his bank job. However, instead of telling his family, he decided to continue getting dressed in the morning, going to the train station, reading the paper, and then coming home at the end of the day saying he was Oh, going I think to I work. know the story. Do you? Okay, but that like huge thing, like that struck like a huge chord that like telling, okay, keep okay. going, keep going. Anyway, now I have to find where I am. I'm um, sorry. I got really excited because I like you know did. that exact you know that talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did have a You're few- You're a good storyteller because you like- I try- Set the whole journey. I set the stage. Okay. See? It's a journey. I got you. So he did have a few low-paying jobs during this time, but nothing that could keep up with his expensive lifestyle and the high mortgage. (laughs) Breeze Knoll. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, what is Breeze Knoll? And I realized it's the name of the house that I just said. (laughs) Um, He also started skimming money from his mother's accounts, but by 1971, he was bankrupt. Since his religious background saw poverty as a sin, he knew he had to do something. To add what? Poverty is a sin? Apparently. I don't know. What the fuck? I don't I've know. been sinning for a long time. Okay, We're not in poverty. poverty. No. We might, we might struggle. We skirt the line. We might struggle, but we're not in poverty. All right. To add even more fuel to his dumpster fire of a life, <laughs> Helen was suffering from poor health. She was having blackouts, falls... She was drinking and she was dependent on tranquilizers. And she was also losing vision in her right eye. In the winter of 1969, she was diagnosed with territory syphilis. Oh, uh. Yeah. Which she contracted from her first husband. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. Know. Also, she stopped. Tertiary? Going- Ter- maybe. Tertiary? Tertiary. Tertiary. Okay, can just, can- I, I, syphilis. I, I she don't had have- syphilis. Okay. It's one of my favorite words to say, syphilis. I love syphilis. (laughs) Um, So, yes, she also stopped going to church. Um, So, and not really sure what was worse for John, the syphilis or the not going to church. His mind was going... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, his mind was going a mile a minute. He was not going to go into poverty and depend on welfare or charity. He thought of taking his own life, but that was an unforgivable sin. 
because, again, religion. Um, and he, even though he resented his family for the burden that they put on him financially, he still loved them and wanted to make sure he could see them still in the afterlife. Because if he killed himself, he would go to hell. Yes, he wouldn't, wouldn't be able, able to see yeah. them, yeah. And I, I, I just wrote that. If he killed himself, he would go to H-E double hockey stick. <laughs> did you write H-E double hockey stick? I did. Instead of H-E and two L's. I wrote wow. H-E double hockey stick. Cute. But you know what sin could apparently be forgiven? Yep, murder, I guess. <laughs> that's the option he chose. Not sure how that's any better or forgivable than suicide, but I'm not a devout Lutheran in the 70s, so who knows? So he worked out a meticulous plan. Remember, he was very organized and detail-oriented, just socially awkward. Okay. Here's, so here's how the events went down. November 9th, 1971. Okay. Helen woke up, went to make herself a cup of coffee. John soon joined her, made a little bit of chit-chat, and then shot her in the back of the head. She died instantly. Okay. Well, at least, I, I, there's no at least, but you know at least. He, he, yes, she died instantly. He placed her in a sleeping bag and dragged her to the grand volume. Again, fancy house, grand ballroom. Did you say volume? Ballroom. <laughs> Sorry, I will volume. open my mouth more and enunciate. Ballroom. Next, he went to his mom's in-law suite, gave her a kiss, again, a little bit of chit-chat, and then shot her in the left temple. Yeah. She was too heavy to drag down the stairs, so he just covered her face with a towel and left her there. Oh, okay. Yeah. He then wrote letters um, and made phone calls to the school for his kids. He called his boss, I guess, at one of those low-paying jobs he had at the time. And to other people, like other neighbors and relatives, saying that he was going to visit family in North Carolina. He also stopped all mail delivery to the house and cashed a $2,000 savings bond of his mother's. Okay. So he covered his bases. Yeah. He made sure that no one would check up on them, that people weren't coming to the house. He, okay. he covered bases. Okay. Very meticulous. Very meticulous. Yes. Then he made himself a sandwich <laughs> because it was a busy morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, his daughter, Patricia, called to come home early because she wasn't feeling well. So John uh, picked her up and brought her home. When they got home, he shot her in the jaw and placed her body with her mother's in the grand ballroom. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I was right. Yes. I don't know why, because you said the nuclear family. About yes. the annihilator thing. I know. Uh, his son, Fred, came home from school only to, mate, only to meet the same fate. So he was shot and put in the grand ballroom. The last victim was John Jr. John watched, so John Sr., John watched his son at a soccer game and then drove him home after. Uh, once in the house, John shot his quote-unquote favorite son in the back of the head, but his death was not instant. John had to shoot him nine more times, then placed him in the ballroom with the rest of the family. Oh, I just think about my babies. Yes. John then had dinner, washed the dishes, cleaned up whatever blood he could manage to clean up, and went to bed. He said it was the best sleep he ever had. <laughs> it intrigues me because there's a lot of psychology behind family annihilators. And yeah. Like, I, I would love to, like, get into that aspect because that's what I like. But yeah. It's just crazy. It's crazy. So in the morning, he turned down the AC to keep the bodies cool, turned on all the lights to make it look like someone was there, and put on the radio, kind of like a Home Alone situation. So people would think, because remember in Home Stuff Alone, was going on. Yeah. he had the lights on and the party going the one night. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yes, yeah, so, so people would think that uh, that they were home. Mm-hmm. Finally, he wrote a five-page confession to his pastor, drove to JFK Airport, dropped off his car, and then so he left his car there, and then he took a train to Denver. He got a social security card under the name Robert Clark and got a job as a short order cook. Do you know the story now? You're having like he was like caught eventually. I'm right, getting later. there. Okay, no, I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do know there. the story now. Look at I still have like a page to go. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Meanwhile, back at the mansion, people started to wonder about the house. The List family was usually pretty reclusive, so it took a month before questions were asked. A few worried teachers at the kids' school and neighbors convinced the police to check this out. At first glance, everything looked fine until they went inside through an unlocked window. The house was cold, dark, and the haunting music that was left on filled the air. The officers searched the house and came upon the ballroom. When they entered, Mm -hmm. they were hit with the smell of bodies. They searched the rest of the house and found the letter and John's mother. They found the car at JFK, but with no other clues or leads, John was gone. Wow. Yes. I guess being meticulous paid off. It's good to be organized. I'm an organized person. Oh, wow. Look out for me. In August, the house caught fire. Um, people just speculate it was just arson, just random. Okay person set the house on fire it was discovered the stained glass ceiling in the ballroom was signed by none other than louis comfort tiffany of tiffany and co whoa and was worth approximately a hundred thousand dollars more than enough to solve the money problems i didn't look up what that is in 2022 money wow irony yes over the years that i didn't know that there you go (laughs) fun facts are fun bing over the years that followed, the police followed all tips, but to no avail. Until John Walsh of America's Most Wanted got... There's a lot of Johns in this story. Yeah, when did we talk about John Walsh not long ago? Did we? I don't know. Until John Walsh of America's Most Wanted aired the case on May 21st, 1982. Walsh had forensic sculptor Frank Bender create an age-enhanced bust of John List. Um, it was down to like the last detail, including the type of glasses he probably would be wearing. It looked like very much like it would look like him. Viewers Wanda Flannery and her daughter Eva Mitchell saw the episode and called in their neighbor, soft-spoken, devout Lutheran accountant Bob Clark. Police went to to his house 11 days later and were met by his current wife. Um, I did not write her name down. I don't know why. Um, he said he was... He said that he was Bob Clark, but denied being John List. Sorry, I was trying to read my writing and I didn't know what I wrote there. But it says denied. Okay. <laughs> but denied to being John List, even though his prints matched those from a handgun permit. He was arrested and charged with five counts of first-degree murder. The court diagnosed him with OCD, which made him guilty, I guess, of second-degree murder because he was diagnosed with something. Okay. I don't know. On April 11th, 1990, he was sentenced to five consecutive life life terms. John Walsh was very upset and wanted him to have the death penalty. Because John Walsh was who we talked about with the Amber Alert. Right. Because his son was Adam, who I wish right. should cover at some point. Yes, yes. Okay. All of that is correct. Okay. We talked about it like two weeks, two shows ago or something like that. Okay. John- the last show. No, because we didn't do the Amber Alert on the last show. Oh, okay. We didn't do Amber Alert then. Okay. John appealed the case, saying he suffered from PTSD from his combat experience in World War II. But there was nothing done with it. 
John died in prison in 2008. Well, I bet you he's in H-E double hockey sticks anyways. Probably. All right. And that is the story of John List. Sorry to like, ru- like ruin it a little bit. Yeah. I got so excited though because I... Remember when I, I ruined remember. Amber Alert for you? Oh, yeah. When the you started 30 yes. seconds in. <laughs> so it's okay. So yes, that was my story. Good it took story. a lot of writing. Yeah. <laughs> there was more info that I could have put in there. And that's probably why I didn't add like names and stuff because I'm like, I just don't have time for this. Okay. I want to get outside that's before noon. Um... Remind me to show you my Snapchat that is makes me die. Okay. Afterwards, because I will, I'm gonna forget, but I have it in my head. Okay. And I hate, I'm, I hate Snapchat. I literally only downloaded it for this, but you're okay. gonna love it. Okay. All right. Just remind me to show you that after. I'm gonna eat a cookie. Okay. All right. So this is a story about Leonardo Cianciulo. Cianciulo sounds <laughs> fancy. Cianciulo. I don't know. Like a I had it. I had it in my head when I was making the notes how to say it, and then like <laughs> my head and my mouth are not working. So you it. did what I did last week. Like I, I learned how to say it, but then I didn't yeah. spell it phonetically the whole time. Um, not tarantula, chanchula. Um, I keep calling her a Leonida in my head. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Anyways, um, she, her like moniker is the soap maker of Correggio. Oh, yeah. So she was born April 18th, 1894, and she's from a small southern um, Italian town. Um, Her mother, which I found it out later, so I had to add this kind of in the notes, but her mother apparently was assaulted and raped. Oh. And that's how she became pregnant with Leonardo, but she ended up marrying the person who did that to her. Okay. Because times. Yeah. I don't know. As you do in those days. Yeah. So she, eventually she I don't know how it separated with her father, but she did end up marrying somebody else at a different time. But she had all this resentment for her daughter. So Leonardo was kind of always troubled. And she actually tried to commit suicide twice before she was even an adult, probably from like the circumstances with her mom. Right. So in 1917, she married Raffaele Pensardi. I don't know why I can say that one. It sounds, it all sounds amazing. I love these names. (laughs) It makes me want like uh, one of those really good like Napoleon pizzas. Um, Do you want to get pizza later? Maybe. Okay. Might be full after all this uh, icing and eating. I did make um, good snacks. And then um, this is where the fun starts. Okay. So Leonardo's mom had other plans. She wanted her to marry this other man who was wealthier. And so she was really upset that she didn't. And she um, cursed the union. Oh. But like, what kind of curse? Literally cursed it. I don't know, like she said some magic words and said, I don't know, she cursed I curse you. Yes. And Leonardo believed wholeheartedly that she was cursed. She was actually told before being married by a fortune teller that she would get married and she would have children, but that all of her children would die young. Okay. In fact, she ended up having 17 pregnancies. She lost three in miscarriage and 10 of her children died in youth. So she oh my God. So children that survived to adulthood. That's a lot of pregnancies. 17, Yes. Um, so moly. she like, at, you know, with, with each loss, mm-hmm. the curse felt more real to her, right? Um, she also visited the Romani. Okay. Um, and they did a uh, palm reading and reportedly told her that in your right hand, I see prison and in your left hand, a criminal asylum. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see what happens. So those are the we? gypsies? 
Yes. Okay. Because are, are you going more into the gypsies? Nope. Or? That was it. Okay. Because we were watching My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding. Yeah. On Discovery Plus. Yeah. So best, I was like, again, best five bucks I ever spent. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, let's see what happens. And I wrote, oh, because that's what I say. I say <laughs> ope all the time. But I wrote ope and I didn't know how to write it. So I wrote OHP. <laughs> In 1927, Leonardo was imprisoned. Okay. Fraud. So we got to um, one of those right away. There's no details on like how or what the fraud was specifically. Right. Just that she went to prison for it. Um, after she was released, they moved to Lacedonia. But then their house was destro- destroyed by an earthquake in 1930. Aww. So they moved again, her and her husband and family at the time. I feel bad for them. Then they went to Correggio, where Leonardo opened a shop selling all kinds of wares. Um, she also claimed to have powers, magical powers by then, and would start telling fortunes herself. She became very popular and well-liked, especially with the women. Okay. All right. In 1939, her beloved and favorite son, uh, Giuseppe, decided to join the Italian army. Leonardo was distraught. Her anxieties around her children's history and passing, the fortunes, and the curse left her feeling desperate. But then she had an idea. As I said earlier, (laughs) she was popular and trusted by the women in the community. So a local, I put in air quotes, spinsters, because I find that term (laughs) offensive. Just because you don't want to get married and have kids. There's nothing wrong with that. Just because you don't want to give into societal norms. Exactly. Um, Maybe maybe, I just want to live at home in peace. Maybe she wanted to marry a woman and wasn't allowed at the time. Maybe I just want to spend my money on me instead of my ungrateful children. Accurate. Um, So (laughs) I'm not wrong. Singleton, Faustina Setti. So Leonardo began to assist Faustina in making a match for her. She apparently knew of a man and put the two in touch, and they began writing letters to each other. It went well, and it was decided that Faustina would go to meet him abroad. So Leonardo helped her get her affairs in order for the trip and advised her to write letters for her family um, of her plans, like what she was going to do. Spoiler, the letters were from Leonardo. I'm going to take a picture of our dip and our notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really important right this second. I lost where I am. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> People are going to appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Faustina had, um, okay, so Faustina came by one last time to visit Leonardo, like basically on her way out. And she had a glass of wine that turned out to be drugged. This oh. was when Leonardo got to work, killing poor Faustina with an axe and then sectioning her body into nine <gasps> pieces. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then, and collecting the blood in a basin. Uh, Leonardo believed she had to make a human sacrifice to save her son and the rest of her children. Why does there always have to be human sacrifices? I also wrote that it's not Romani approved, so it had oh. nothing to do with that group of people. I just wanted to right. put that out there. Travelers? Um, gypsies. What do they like to be called? Uh, I don't know. I thought gypsies was derogative, but then I see that some use it, so I don't really know. I don't know. It is part of my... We would be gorgers. Long past history. Why would we be gorgeous? Because we're gorgeous. Oh, maybe. Because those are people who are not within the community. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're outsiders. Kind of like muggles Oh, okay. in Harry Potter yeah. are the non-magics. Yeah. I got you. So, yeah. So, later on, Leonida confessed. I taped the picture to my phone so I didn't have to write this. All oh, okay. I threw the pieces. Well, what are you referencing? What's your reference? If you're just going to read it directly. I'm reading her words. Oh, okay. This okay. is a direct quote. This is from All That's Interesting. Okay. And the rest of my sources are, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, 
We're awesome. Quote, I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the whole mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the... I guess the soap didn't work. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, <gasps> though Giuseppe and I also ate them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope these animal crackers aren't made from a, no, well, I from got, a real animal. <laughs> I got them from, from the grocery store. Um, yeah, so at least she she really believed that like, the human sacrifice was necessary, and Ooh. then she was just very um, unwasteful, I guess. Leonardo also helped herself to the, quote, matchmaker fee. I made that up. But basically, she, like, took a fee for her services of 30,000 lira, which was a, today would be approximately $332 because we always ask that shit. But one human sacrifice wasn't enough, seemingly. Okay. Leonardo, being the ever-helpful monger, <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that, claimed to have found a, oh, I didn't even write the third victim's name. Oh my God, which was, what was it? Now I feel like such a dick. You're ridiculous. You are fired. I know. I didn't write her name. Um, I'll find, I'll tell you in a second. Claim to have found her next victim a job at a school for girls. She had her write postcards of her plans to her family and friends too. Um, when she came, I have the date. When she came to Lee. <laughs> Leonardo's house on September 5th, 1940, before her departure, she befell the same fate as Faustina. And um, at that point, she only took a $3,000 lira, which is not very much money. Okay. The third victim was a widow and chanteuse. Ooh, that's like a singer, right? Yeah, so she was a soprano. Virginia (laughs) Cacioppo. And Leonardo told her she procured her a position as the secretary for a mysterious impresario in Florence. An impresario is a concert or opera financier. Ooh. Me and my words. Look at you with the big $20 words. On September 30th, 1940, she had her, quote, final visit with Leonardo. This time, uh, Leonardo received 50,000 lire jewels and public bonds. She sold Florence's clothes and shoes, and this time was able to make soap from her as well as tea cakes. Okay. I like there's tea cakes. Read you this this one. Okay. She ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne and after a long time in the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes too were better. That woman was really sweet. Oh my god. <laughs> it's kind of like a fight club situation. Isn't it like because they made soap then with like the with like the bats from people that were getting liposuction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight club. You're right. Like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm right. <laughs> you say that like I always get things wrong. Do you know like it's really gross? I like hate to be like that person, but like it's important to like look for vegan and stuff on like your soap, especially in a certain country that we're close to. They use rendered fat from sick animals. So when sick, like the sick animals die, when animals don't die of natural causes, they have to go somewhere. Like you can't just bury them. You can't do whatever you want with them. So they send them to a rendering factory and they actually take like the animal dead from unknown (laughs) causes and they make that into soap and they sell it to a lot of cosmetic companies. Mm -hmm. So you're putting like sick dead animal in your skin. Gross. Really not good for you. 
The second victim's name was Francesca Suave. Rico Suave? I feel Rico really bad for like we suave. always have to like pay homage to the. Do victims, you know that song? Right? I do, yes. <laughs> but I'm trying to like, give Francesca her moment. I'm sorry that that was apologize, Francesca. I'm sorry, Francesca. Unlike the other two women who accepted the letters, Florence's sister-in-law was concerned at her disappearance. She didn't buy the letters and saw her aunt entering Leonardo's shop the day she went missing. Police began investigating Leonardo, who denied all, until they began turning their attention to Giuseppe. Ooh, okay. Um, then she confessed. To prove she acted alone, not her son or her husband, she agreed to show authorities how she cut and processed bodies in the morgue on a corpse. Oh, my goodness. And she did it, like, with, all by herself, very methodically. Yeah. She spent 30 years in prison where she wrote her memoirs. That's why there's, like, quotes and stuff. And three years in an asylum. Oh, right. Romani were right. Yay. Um, where she died at age 79 of a cerebral hem- hemorrhage. And that is the soap maker of Croatia. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. I know. That was one of those stories that, like, always stuck with me for some reason. Because people ate her and bathed. Ate people and bathed. Yeah. The, the cakes thing. Like yeah. Little tea cakes or whatever it was. Yes. That's gross. Not that the soap isn't any less gross, but just... And then, like, in my head, I'm always like, oh, did one of the victims eat one of the other victims? Because that's really bad. Ugh. Ugh. Well, I just... To be fair, though, if I was murdered or killed or something, I would want my body to be, like... To be eaten? I don't want to be, like, cannibalized, but I wouldn't want to be... My body to be go to waste? Like, I would rather be made into soap and tea cakes. Just putting that out there. Well, I just want to say that I looked at the value of $100,000 in 1971 to now... And it's just a little over seven hundred thousand. Okay, yeah. Thanks. Just, just so we all know. I like that. I need the scope of that stuff. I, I thought that you might. Um. So, what's your throwback? So my throw. Oh no. Okay. So my throwback is paint and dazzle Barbie, and I actually had this Barbie. You could like, she came in like this fun little outfit, and you could use fabric paint and like decorate her clothes. Oh. I did yeah. not have her. I had her. I had the one you like paint their hair. I didn't have that one. Crimp and paint their hair. I didn't have that one. I oh, had... I brought up crimping. <laughs> there you go. I had I had this one. See, and it had like puff oh. paint and like glitter paint. Actually, I definitely one of my friends had that one. Yeah, I remember the outfit. Yeah, yeah, I had that. It's like a cute hot pink outfit. Uh, mine is Friday the Thirteenth, the movie franchise, because oh, because Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, look at that. I love uh, on Mother's Day. Somebody like one of my things that I follow posted like Jason, like Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Him and his mom together. I posted that on our page. Did you? Yes. Oh, maybe that's. And what I it think was. I sent it to you. You might have. I think <laughs> maybe it was you. That's what made me think of my throwback. I totally sent it to you. I love you. I know. I loved it. I am that friend. Ever. <laughs> One of my friends. One not of my you. friends. Not I you. didn't say not you. I said someone posted it. I just remember the meme, not the person. It was totally me. Are you sure I didn't find it and then send it to you and then you posted it on the page? No, because I texted it to you. <laughs> okay. Anyways, that's it. I also have another one. Okay. Because I was thinking that like, what's the trend after like this 90s trend, right? You would think that they're either going to go full 70s with, like, bell bottoms and stuff, since that 70s show is coming back, mm-hmm. or they're going to go 90s. It's not that 70s, isn't it, like, the 90s? Yeah, so, like, the I don't ca- think it always goes in order, though. Like when No, but the cast is coming back, but it's not set in the 70s Oh, anymore. yeah. So, remember, like, the 90s, I've been seeing, like, the platform shoes lately, and, like, 
I'm predicting slash I would like to see like the silky spaghetti strap dresses and like the glittery makeup. That was like 90s. glitter everywhere. 90s, yeah. Like oh, boas, okay, so we're still staying in the 90s. Okay. Boas, fluffy pens. I'm predicting all that stuff. So just 90s ridiculousness. Yeah. I'm in for it. Can I tell you, because we were talking about dresses today. Mm-hmm. Just a little chatty chatty afterwards. Just a little chit chat. Sidebars. Because remember we talked about Larissa Olenek and how we like her. Mm-hmm. And like, did we talk about 10 Things I Hate About You before? Is that what we were talking about? We must have. Um... That her prom dress in that was like my I by the time I got to prom I was not the two piece that two piece was like mm-hmm. my thing like that's the most beautiful prom dress I've ever seen in my life I've heard like I've read a lot of articles that people like despise that dress I know and I loved it like that was right up my but alley that was, my style that was, it was that was so in. fashionable I think I wore an outfit like that to something like a wedding or something mm-hmm. I just loved that and to this day I still love that look. Just by the time I got to prom, that wasn't... I think when my sister went to prom, I think that was the look. So, like, two years after I went to prom. Yeah. I think that was the prom look for my sister's prom. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just I remember seeing the two-piece dresses everywhere. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Um, When we got married, I was looking at wedding dress. There was, like, a wedding dress version of this. And I was like, but I got married after I had a baby. I couldn't pull that shit off. But if I could have pulled that shit off, I swear I would have worn that wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Or maybe there was two pieces when I was shopping too, because I think I wanted to be able to wear it, but I couldn't, because I was fat in high school. I, I think, like I said, when I bought it, I think I was in grade eight when I wore a dress like that. So maybe it was mm-hmm. like grade eight grad or something. You were looking for it. Not me. You're older than me. Not that much. No, by a couple of years though. Like a whole span of four years between grade I eight guess. and graduation. I guess. I did five years of high school. I know. I was the first that wasn't. Because I had the OACs. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but no, I like it. Yeah. So we're not superstitious. But we're a little stitious. Backwards. Oh, you got me. Okay, bye.